0: Welcome everybody and I'm glad you can join us for tonight's sermon. We are going to be in the book of Psalms tonight. That's going to be kind of toward the middle of your Bible. In the Old Testament, if you open up toward the middle, you're going to be pretty close to the Psalms and we're going to be in Psalm 44. Uh, We do this every few months. We go through a few of these Psalms. I like to do this from time to time and uh, two or three, four months ago. It's been a while now toward the beginning of coronavirus. We had started going through some more of these Psalms and we're working our way through the book uh, every few months as we, as we hit a few of these and we left off on Psalm 43. And so tonight we're going to pick up where we left off a few months back. So we're going to be in Psalm 44. Uh, kind of a long Psalm. We'll read through the whole thing and we'll just kind of talk about what it says instead of breaking it down uh, verse by verse like we sometimes do. Now interestingly enough, uh, just this past Sunday, I preached from Romans chapter eight, and it actually quotes something that's in Psalm 44. And so, some of what I'm going to say today is going to be very similar uh, to what we talked about Sunday. That's just kind of a uh, of a coincidence, kind of a God thing that we ended up uh, with both of these two passages uh, right next to each other. So maybe even though there's some of the same things we'll talk about must be something that God may want us to learn through what we're going to look at. So we'll pray and then we'll get into Psalm 44. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these good words and I pray that you bless them. I pray that we remember your greatness. I pray that we would trust you in all that we do, dear Lord, on the good days and on the bad days. And I pray, God, that you just would hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach. I pray that you'd be glorified through the words that come from my mouth. And I just pray that you would Hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, and I ask these things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, Psalm 44, verse 1. God, we have heard with our ears. Our ancestors have told us the work you accomplished in their days and days long ago. To plant them, you drove out the nations with your hand. To settle them, you crushed the peoples. For they did not take the land by their sword, their arm did not bring them victory, but by your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you were pleased with them. You are my king, my God, who ordains victories for Jacob. Through you we drive back our foes, through your name we trample our enemies. For I do not trust in my bow, and my sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our foes, and let those who hate us be disgraced. We boast in God all day long. We will praise your name forever. Selah. Now, here at the beginning of this Psalm, in the first few verses, we have really a a Psalm that's pretty encouraging. We have Israel speaking of things that happened in the past. Now, if you go back and you read earlier in the Old Testament, you'll see the very things that the people of Israel are praising God for here, that God had been their deliverer, that he had been there with the people, that he had brought them out of slavery, that he had brought them into a promised land, that he had driven the enemies out before them. And they're acknowledging that they had nothing to do with what took place, that it was strictly God and God's power. They said, we don't trust in our boat. We don't trust in our human strength. We don't trust and our weapons. God, even though you may have been with us to drive out the enemies, even though we wielded swords or bows or whatever it may have been, they did not trust that what they had done was the strength that delivered them. They knew that even though God was with them and they were out there fighting in many of those instances, that it was God who had handed the enemy over to them. It was not of their own might. It was because God was with them, because God had empowered them, because God had strengthened them because God had struck fear into their enemies. And so they were praising God, knowing, look, God, we know what you have done for our ancestors. The story of of our ancestors' past is great. The story of your past work gods are amazing. They have been passed down from generation to generation, and they are praising God. It says all day long they are praising God for what he has done. Now, we may should pay attention to what's taking place here. One, that stories of God's greatness had been passed down from generations of old and God was still being praised in the current generation because of his greatness that he had made known in the past. Now, we need to take a lesson from the book of the Israelites here. Those of us who are God's children, we need to be imparting to this world we live in, to this current generation, to the younger generation that's coming up, we need to impart to them the wisdom of God's word, the wisdom and the power and the amazing things that God has done in the past. We need to tell them the stories of God great God's greatness about how he delivered his people all these miraculous things we see in the Old Testament. We need to tell this generation about. We need to tell those we encounter about these amazing things. We need to tell them about the coming of Jesus Christ, that he is the savior of the world, that he has given his life on a cross so that we could all be forgiven. The powerful things that God did in the past are the things that we need to continue to impart on the generation that is with us today. Those that we encounter from now to the end of our life, we need to say, look, Let me tell you what God has done for me. He has saved my soul through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ, what he did in his ministry with his death on the cross. Let me tell you about the prophets of the Old Testament who told us about Jesus who was to come. Let me tell you about God's people and how he was with them time and time again. And by his great power, he delivered them. These are the very stories that we need to be imparting to those young people that we encounter to the older people that we encounter. Whoever we encounter while we are alive, we need to be telling them the stories of God and his greatness. And these who are reciting this psalm here are saying, look, we have been told about your greatness, God, and we praise you because of your greatness. We trust you and you alone. We don't trust in our own strength and our own weapons. We don't trust in any of that, God, but we trust in you because we know that you are the one who has got us to where we are. And we need to remember that same truth today. We need to remember that God is the one who has done any good in our life. It is because of him. It is because he is with us. Anything that happens is not because of our own doing. Uh, It's because of God's doing. Now that's not to say that we just sit back and do nothing. We have to do uh, what we can do. We have to do our part, but we have to trust God through that. And when when things occur in our life, we can't just say, well, that was all me. That was all of my work. That was all of my efforts. That was all of my skills. Because the doors that have been opened for us, the skills that we have, those are all things that come from the Lord. The fact that we have breath in our lungs that that enables us to do whatever it is we do. So everything we do is because the Lord allows us to do it. Now some people don't uh, like to hear that; they don't want to admit that. We like to tend to think that we are in more control than we are, but we need to be reminded that God is in control and we are not in control. And that what we have and what we do is because of God, and we need to praise God for it. These in the Psalm got that; they knew that it was God and God alone who had provided for them and had taking care of them to this point, and we need to remember the same thing, and we need to uh, impart the wisdom of God's Word, these truths of God's Word, to those we encounter, especially the younger generation, a generation that needs to grow up hearing the greatness of God. Now, the, the psalm shift gears a little bit here in verse 9. Let's read a little further. Verse 9, But you have rejected and humiliated us, you do not march out with our enemies. You make us retreat from the foe, and those who hate us have taken plunder for themselves. You hand us over to be eaten like sheep and scattered among the nations. You sell your people for nothing. You make no profit from selling them. You make us an object of reproach of our neighbors, a source of mockery and ridicule to those around us. You make us a joke among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. My disgrace is before me all day long, and shame has covered my face, because of the voice of the scorner and reviler, because of the enemy and avenger. And this has happened to us, but we have not forgotten you or betrayed your covenant. Our hearts have not turned back, our steps have not strayed from your path, but you have crushed us in a haunt of jackals and have covered us with the deepest darkness, If we had forgotten the name of our God and spread out our hands to a foreign God, wouldn't God have found this out, since he knows the secrets of the heart? Because of you we are slain all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Wake up, Lord, why are you sleeping? Get up, don't reject us forever. Why do you hide yourself and forget our affliction and oppression? For we have sunk down to the dust, our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up, help us, redeem us because of your faithful love. Now, the second part of this psalm may be a little difficult for us because we see a people here that it it seems as though, at least in their mind, they think that they are praising God, they are worshiping God all day long, they remember his greatness. They know that it's only because of him that, that they have anything and that they're able to overcome their enemies. But all of a sudden, when we get to verse 9, it says, but you have rejected us. And it goes on to say, we are like like sheep being sent out to the slaughter. The the enemies of, of the ones uh, writing this psalm are saying, they're saying, look, our enemies are coming against us and they're victorious over us. But why, God? Why are you not with us? Why are you allowing these things to happen? Now, it's possible, I suppose, that Maybe even though they thought they were uh, worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord and living in obedience to Him, it's possible that maybe they weren't. Maybe there was some sin there, and God was attempting to get their attention to make them aware of the sin uh, that, that was in their life. Maybe they weren't as good as they thought they were. Maybe uh, their praise from, for the Lord was not really from the heart that they thought it was from. But even if their praise really was from the heart, even if they were, really were walking in obedience to the Lord and trusting in Him, why would God allow these type of things to happen? Well, sometimes God may allow us to go through difficult times. Now, we talked about this some this past Sunday in Romans 8, and maybe you listened to that or maybe you didn't, but there are no promises in Scripture that God will never allow His people to go through hard times. In fact, just the opposite is true. Uh, There are many times that God says, look, those who are his are going to have to suffer a little bit, Uh, but we are to rejoice in our suffering. Now, anything that happens to us is because God has allowed it to happen to us. Now, in this situation that's going on here, where these enemies are coming against the Israelite, it appears as though God has forgotten them. They think that God is not there, that God does not care, but that uh, could not be further from the truth. God does care about us, even if we don't feel like he is with us. Even if there are hard times that come, we can bank on the fact that anything a God, that God allows to happen to us is for our good. Now, that's easy for us to say, and I get it. You might say, boy, you're crazy. How how can this bad thing that's happened in my life be for my good? How can this horrible sickness be for my good? How can this horrible situation be for my good? But everything God allows us to go through is for our good. Sometimes the sicknesses he allows us to go through lead to our death, which takes us out of this world and takes us to be with him for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, we, we may not in the moment think, boy, this is for my good that I'm suffering a sickness. But what happens in that moment is we suffer for a little while, but it leads us to an eternity with God. We get to start eternity a little bit quicker than those who are left behind. Now, uh, you may say, well, boy, that's not a good thing. But think about it for a second. If you get to leave this whole world and all the things that are with it, and you get to go on and be with the Lord and escape those things, well, even in the midst of our sicknesses that sometimes lead to death, God may be doing that for our good to keep us from greater suffering in this world. Now, we can't always maybe come up with a reason why I don't see how God is making this situation for my good. We may not always see it in the moment, but many times we may see it in hindsight and say, boy, if I hadn't gone through this, my relationship with the Lord wouldn't be where it is. My prayer life wouldn't be what it would be. I would have never picked up my Bible that night had I not have been in such a bad situation. And there are many things that God will allow us to go through to draw us closer to him so that we will seek him all the more. The story of Job comes to mind. Here was a man who was a godly man and a righteous man. Not a perfect man, uh, but he was a man of God. But but even still, God allowed the devil to, 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 boy, to really destroy everything in his life except for take Job's life. And through it all, Job continued to be faithful to the Lord. Now, he was not faultless but he was a man of God, and even through all of that, God's desire was for Job to grow in him and for Job to be better off at the end of all of the suffering than he was at the beginning. Now, the same is true for you and I. Now, it's easy for us to say, yeah, I know God's with me and he'll never leave me when things are going good, but it's a lot harder when we're in the midst of the suffering. That's why we need to stand firm on, 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 on God and when times are good, and boy, be soaking up God's Word and know the truth of it, so when those time uh, times come that we are weak, we'll have a, a, a reserve built up, if we can call it that. We, we kind of build up by what we, what we read in God's Word, by our faith, by praying to Him, by seeking in Him, we're, we're growing in Him, and boy, when those hard times come, we can pull from that reserve, because we need that strength and that energy that comes from God in those times, because... We are like these Israelites. We feel like, boy, does God even care? Is he even there? Is he even listening? Well, he is there and he does care, even when we go through difficult times. And, the, and the, the Israelites here, they knew how good God was because they remembered what God had done in the past. And even in the midst of all they were going through right here, the psalm ends by them saying, rise up, help us, redeem us because of your faithful love. Now they knew who God was, they knew the greatness of God, but they also knew what it was like to suffer, but they did not give up in their suffering. They didn't just say, God, you have abandoned us, we don't feel your presence, we give up. No, they said, God, we don't feel your presence, it doesn't feel like you're here. God, where are you at? We need you. But God, rise up and help us. God, redeem us because of your faithful love. They were still trusting in God. Why? Because they knew even in the midst of their worst times that there was no one else that they could call to. They had already stated they couldn't trust in their own abilities. They could only trust in God. And if, and if anyone was going to deliver them from this situation, it was God. Now they accused God of being asleep, but God doesn't, doesn't sleep. He doesn't fall asleep on the job. He's not unaware of our situations. And while we may not always like it or understand it, we must know the truth. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, or anybody struggling with a situation that God has not forgotten you, that God has not abandoned you, that God wants what's good for you. And it's not always easy for us to understand. I wish God would just print it out, you know, just give me a roadmap, just send me a text message. All right, you're going to go through this bad thing and this bad thing, and it's going to be really bad. But at the end, this good thing's going to happen. It's going to be worth it. And he doesn't spell it out for us like that. Now, in a way, he does. In God's Word, he says, you'll go ha- have to go through suffering, and in the end, you'll be with me for all of eternity and experience joy. So in the end, he, he kind of does tell us, you know, here's what's going to happen at the end of the suffering. But, but boy, there are lots of little things in between when our life begins and when our life ends. There are lots of little seasons of suffering that are up and down, things that we go through that, or bad, and then God works through them and lifts us up and continues to use us. And in those little things, he doesn't give us the brute blueprint. He just tells us to trust him. And that's what I'm telling you tonight, to trust the Lord. Know of his greatness. Remember all the stories in the Old Testament of the Bible. If you've never read them, go read them. Read about Jesus Christ. Read about his miracles. See the greatness of God on full display and his son, Jesus Christ. And remember those things. Remember the words of scripture in the Old Testament. Remember the words of Jesus Christ. Remember the words of those who came after Jesus, of the apostles, of of Paul. And those are the things that we can stand on. That's the truth of God that we can know. All right, I'm going to believe what God says. I know that hard times may come in my life, but I'm not going to deny God. I'm not going to give up on God. I'm going to remember his greatness. I'm going to remember that he is with me. I'm going to remember that the enemy is a a liar, that he is a deceiver, that he will make me think that God's not with me. But even when I don't feel God's presence, I'm going to know that God is there. That's what we need to take from God's word. That's what we need to take from this passage. We need to praise God for his greatness. And even when times are bad, even when it doesn't feel like he's there, we know that he's with us. We know that he's got our best interest in mind. And we know that because he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. That shows us, that's proof to us, That ev- that's evidence to us that God loves us. So in our times of need, in our times of distress, let us call out like the Israelites and say, rise up, help us, redeem us because of your faithful love. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these good words. And I pray that we would remember your greatness what we see in the Bible, God, what we've seen in our own lives, God, if you've worked through us in some way, and I pray that we would remember those things, that we would trust your word, and that we would live by it, God, that we would call out to you if we don't feel you. Sometimes maybe we don't feel you. God, sometimes maybe we do suffer. Sometimes we just don't feel very holy or very spiritual. God, even when we don't feel it, we can know that you are there with us. God, I pray that if there is one watching that's never put their faith in Jesus, Maybe they're going through all the suffering and the struggling of the world and they don't see any hope. But God, I pray that they would see hope in Jesus Christ to know that there is deliverance from this old world. And yes, God, sometimes you deliver us from things in the world and sometimes you deliver us, God, by taking us out of the world. But God, I pray that we would trust Jesus Christ so that we would experience deliverance from you in whatever way you bring it. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.